Welcome to MD Notified, a pediatrics podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sufchak, and today I wanted to have a short little episode talking about remdesivir. Now, you may have noticed that thus far in this podcast, uh, we have avoided the topic of coronavirus, and I feel like that was somewhat by design. But unfortunately, I think in light of the recent events that we are seeing in the Southeast, namely the emergence of the Delta variant and the increase in cases of coronavirus um, and hospitalized coronavirus in our pediatric populations, I think that a discussion on remdesivir, what we know about it, how we're using it, is it safe in kids, what even is it, all of those questions are really relevant now. And so in the spirit of this being a medical education podcast geared towards pediatric professionals, um, I think that this is definitely a pertinent conversation that we should have. Another disclaimer that I will um, go ahead and put out there is that I am not an infectious disease doctor. I am a pediatrician who practices inpatient medicine. So that is kind of the angle with which I'm approaching this talk. The first thing that I wanted to talk about with regard to remdesivir is just what is remdesivir? I had never heard of remdesivir before COVID-19, as I'm sure many people had not. And so um, I was kind of curious about what it even was. How did this even become a medication that we use so commonly now? Uh, And what's interesting is that it was actually first discovered when scientists were looking for potential therapeutic options in the fight against Ebola. So if you remember, Ebola is also a single-stranded RNA virus, similar to COVID-19 and other coronaviruses. And so in 2016, 2017, um, they were looking uh, at this molecule in particular as a therapeutic option for those viruses. And I think what's really interesting is that anytime we want to develop a new drug or a new therapeutic option, one of the challenges is to identify something that is novel about your pathogen. So in this case, something that is unique about a single-stranded RNA virus that is not present or not commonly present in the human genome. Because of course, when we give medications, we want to target the pathogen and the pathogen alone. In other words, we want to damage the virus, uh, but we don't want to damage human cells. And so what's really cool about remdesivir is that it is an um, adenosine nucleoside analog, and it inhibits RNA-dependent RNA polymerase, which is kind of a mouthful. But basically, that's an enzyme that copies RNA into RNA. So this is an enzyme that is very specific to viral replication, particularly for this RNA virus. Um, This is a drug that really capitalizes on how this virus replicates inside the cell. So um, just for a little recap on viral replication, the virus will enter a human cell and then it'll be incorporated into the cell and then the virus will take advantage in part of human machinery or things that we already have in our cells, Um, and then it will also create some of its own enzymes, and in that way it will replicate inside a human cell and then kind of burst open, and in most cases will lyse that cell, and then um, more baby viruses will go out back into the bloodstream, and that's sort of how your virus will replicate within the host or within the human within the human environment. So that's how remdesivir works. It's an RNA-dependent RNA polymerase 
inhibitor, but long story short, it suppresses the replication of that virus inside that host cell and in that way leads to less severe disease. One other question is, um, does this even work? And I think there's been a lot of data and a lot of primary literature that has been coming out throughout the course of this pandemic, some suggesting that it doesn't work, some suggesting that it does work. And really the biggest study that I have found that I have read um, came out in November 2020. It was in the New England Journal of Medicine. They looked at over a thousand patients who were adult patients with coronavirus, COVID-19, and they had evidence of lower respiratory tract disease, pneumonia, hypoxia, things like that. Um, and those patients were, it was a double-blind randomized placebo-controlled trial, which means that they were basically either assigned to placebo or to receive remdesivir. And what they found in that trial was that the median time to recovery drops when you give remdesivir. Those patients recovered on in, on average, about 10 days versus 15 days in the patients who received the placebo. They did see that mortality dropped a little bit, 11.4% um, with remdesivir and 15.2% with placebo by day 29 of illness, um, but that was not a statistically significant finding. So as of right now, we can't say that remdesivir improves mortality um, but we can say with some confidence that it uh, reduces time to recovery. And then the question becomes as a pediatrician, you know, is this approved for kids? And um, what, how do we dose it? Because we know in pediatrics, our dosing is very, very different from the dosing that we use in adult medicine. It's not just a standard dose. So the answer to that is yes, it is approved uh, for some kids, namely patients who are 12 years of age and older and who weigh at least 40 kilos. And then when we talk about dosing for our patient population um, in pediatrics, if you're over 12 years and you're over 40 kilos, we kind of treat you like an adult and we give you the loading dose, which is 200 milligrams on day one, and then 100 milligrams daily for an additional four days, usually for a five-day course, and then sometimes it can be extended to a 10-day course if there's no improvement. For patients who are less than 40 kilos, the loading dose is five milligrams per kilo per dose on day one, and then on days um, two, three, four, five, potentially up to day 10, it's two and a half milligrams per kilo per dose, dosed every 24 hours. Um, so that's your per kilo dosing for pediatrics. One thing I think is interesting is that we can kind of look at the pharmacology and the pharmacokinetics of this drug to gain a better understanding of why we dose it like that. So this is a drug, remdesivir has a very long intracellular half-life. It's about 35 hours. Um, and it's been shown to accumulate in peripheral tissues. So the point of the loading dose is really to achieve steady state drug levels more quickly. So that's sort of why we give a bigger dose and then we follow it up with um, daily doses that are a little bit smaller. Other things to know about remdesivir, definitely in clinical practice we like to check LFTs or liver enzyme levels um, because we want to make sure that the patient doesn't have hepatitis or evidence of hepatic failure before you give this medication. 
there is some evidence, um, and it's I think it's a pretty well-documented um, phenomenon, that remdesivir can cause elevation in LFTs. And I'm not sure exactly, and I could not find in the primary literature why that is. I'm not sure that we know. But for that reason, we will trend LFTs, and we'll usually get a comprehensive metabolic panel on these patients daily just to make sure that those are staying in a healthy range. So that kind of covers our little talk on remdesivir. Again, this is an ongoing topic of research, um, and there's a lot of really, really good information coming out about this fairly frequently. So if, if anybody who is listening feels like I missed something important or has a good article to share, I would love to hear it. Um, you can always reach out to me at mdnotifiedpeds at gmail.com. Again, this is MD Notified. I am Christine Sufchuk, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to MD Notified, a pediatric podcast. References to the information sourced in this episode can be found in the Quick Notes outline, which is available on mdnotified.com. The contributors to MD Notified have no financial disclosures or conflicts of interest. The views, information, or opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals in today's episode and do not represent any other organizations or its employees. The primary purpose of this podcast is to inform and educate. This podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice or services. If you are a member of the general public and have questions, please make an appointment with your local board-certified pediatrician.